Welcome to a live reaction show in which Jeff Snyder will be responding to the words of Jerome Powell that recently appeared in an opinion column in the Wall Street Journal. The Federal Reserve Chairman explained where they were last year, what has been accomplished, how did they react, what more needs to be done. Now, we have already covered the chairman's appearance on National Public Radio on the 25th of March, and that you'll find in episode 60, part 3. Here we'll be responding just to the Wall Street Journal article, and Jeff will be asking his own questions, like, what is the central bank's job? Is it to prevent a crisis or to make the crisis less worse? What should the Fed have been doing? Why were U.S. Treasuries being sold last year? Well, I hope you enjoy it. Jerome Powell wrote an opinion column in the Wall Street Journal recently, and I'm going to read it out to Jeff Snyder, the head of global research for Alhambra Partners, and get his feedback and see if there's anything that Jerome perhaps left out that should have been included in the editorial. So, Jeff, if in case you wanted to read along, it's called Jerome Powell on the Pandemic Year, Tools to Avoid a Meltdown and Save Livelihoods. March 19th. Here he is. In late February 2020, I attended an overseas meeting of the G20 nation's finance ministers and central bank governors. At the time, the U.S. was enjoying its longest economic expansion on record. And though my Fed colleagues and I... I think had, he used to, just to interrupt. I mean, I think <laughs> good, he, good. You know I couldn't get, to, I couldn't no, get it's that good. far with it. Yes. I think he used the wrong term there. Longest economic expansion on record. I don't think longest was the right word. And technically, he's correct, but I think the word started with W, as in weakest economic expansion on record. It's right. funny how, you know, again, the framing, just, just the, the introduction, how, how, the, how another Fed chairman is framing the effort here. It's never, what is the point of a central bank? If you go back to think about it in terms of what Walter Badgett said, that the whole purpose of a central bank is to supply funds so that you don't have a market disruption in the first place, right? Supply mm -hmm. liquidity, plentiful liquidity at penalty rates, no matter what, what, whatever it takes, whatever is necessary so that the, that the market continues to function, the economy continues to function. In other words, the central bank's, act, the central bank's effectiveness comes at the beginning of a crisis, not the end. So if it's for, for the Federal Reserve Chairman now, like Ben Bernanke had in 2008, to come back a year later and say, well, at least it wasn't worse. That's not what a central bank is for. The central bank is there to stand ready so that you don't have the crisis in the first place. You don't have gross monetary breakdowns, gross market breakdowns all over the world, which is what we saw for a second time in March of last year. That's not the job of the central bank to say, well, it's going to be really bad, but we'll keep it from getting worse. That's not what's supposed to happen. And I don't think he's saying that here. I think he is saying it was an economic expansion. It was the longest it's on the record. in the title. And yeah, right we, from the start. Yeah, tools to avoid a meltdown and save livelihoods. Right, to avoid a meltdown. But that, see, that's not what happened. But, but he's, I think he's trying to say... It wasn't our fault. When I was in charge, 
It was the longest economic expansion on record. And then out of nowhere, nothing, nobody could have predicted anywhere. It doesn't even have anything to do with us. It's a health emergency, it, this COVID thing. And so one week later, the Fed held an emergency policy meeting with one item on the agenda. How could we help people get through what was going to be a terribly difficult time? Some asked what the nation's central bank could realistically do, but we concluded that we had to act forcefully. This is Japan 20 years ago. We had to do something. Who knows what? We're, but we're doing it and forcefully. <coughs> yeah, but see that, you know, again, it's mission creep mandate being such a such being so bad at the job that they're supposed to do, they have to look for other ways to do things. Look, what Jaron Chairman Powell should have done during that meeting is said, our job is to maintain dollar stability. It's so that we don't see the dollar's exchange value shoot upward, wrecking all sorts of economies around the world as it represents a global dollar shortage. We need to maintain dollar liquidity, effective dollar liquidity, not just raise the level of bank reserves and call it a day. We need to maintain effective dollar liquidity so that we don't have enormous disruptions enormous disruptions and fire sales and liquidations that got so bad, even the stock market got knocked off to the tune of 35%. And oh, by the way, most of those down days correspond to days when the Federal Reserve was most active. So Jay Powell's focus should have been, how do we keep the financial system running and humming along so that we can keep this long expansion moving? Yeah, it's going to be bad. The COVID thing was going to create all sorts of problems, but there is no real reason why it should have been what it actually turned out to be. And Jay is trying to say that we kept it from being worse because it was beyond our control. And nobody could have seen this coming, which already contradicts what he said last year when he literally said we saw it coming. I think that there's an, another analogy here of, to uh, Dunkirk where it was this amazing rescue, right? Except that the problem was caused by the people in charge. And I think what people may not know if they're watching this episode for the first time is that the Federal Reserve was draining the monetary system of collateral since September through up until February, March of 2020 because they wanted to fix the repo problem. So they were pulling out on the run collateral. And uh, then we had this, we had this disruption. Okay, let me continue. This is supposed to be Jay Powell, not me. The ensuing downturn was unprecedented in speed and breadth and intensity. Financial markets seized up, including the critical market for treasury securities as global investors began a headlong flight to cash. The pandemic inflected a cruel and uneven toll on lives and livelihoods. It reversed the broadening gains of a decade of expansion. With unemployment at a 50-year low, wages had been moving up, especially for the lowest paid workers. The scope of the crisis required an all-in government response. Congress provided its largest economic recovery package of the post-war era. At the Fed, we used all the tools at our disposal to prevent a financial meltdown and ensure that credit could continue to flow to households and businesses. Which didn't happen. And look, I mean, all the tools at his disposal, he has just the one tool, which is bank reserves. And I, you know, the treasury market, they keep coming back to the treasury market. The treasury market broke down as if, if this is, as if that was some sort of weird signal. 
everything that happened in March 2020 had happened in October 2008. So as you know, he says he was surprised by this, or we saw it coming, as he said last year, when in fact they went through all the same kinds of things in October 2000, including the treasury market sell-off. And, you know, the idea that the treasury market, well, the treasury market must have been broken and that we need to come in and fix it. They never stop and ask, why was there so much selling to begin with? Why was the rest of the world so absolutely intent on, and maybe forced into liquidating U.S. Treasuries that the dealer system couldn't absorb all of that selling. What was the major problem there? And it wasn't the one he keeps trying to tell you it was. It wasn't COVID. It was global dollar shortage. So again, what was the central bank's task during March of 2020? It's to maintain sufficient monetary supply so that you don't leave the system exposed to this kind of disruption. The fact that the Treasury market, the Treasury market, of all places experienced significant disruption and dysfunction isn't isn't something he should point to and say look we fixed it you broke it in the first place genius because of the system was because the federal reserve didn't do his job it that's what caused the treasury market to malfunction not the other way around thank you John. <laughs> powerful, I'm so, powerful no business. and it's no good. it's a theme that, that the fed and powell in particular has come back to time and time again over the last year as if he's trying to say this isn't our fault the market broke this isn't our fault it was COVID. we had the economy rip roaring and going awesome before all this then this COVID thing comes along and we save the world from getting worse. That's the story they're going to they're going with because it's the story that Ben Bernanke wrote about 2008 and 2009. Same damn thing all over again. Oh, subprime mortgages. No, nobody could have seen that coming. The, the markets were broken for subprime mortgage and credit default swaps. Who the hell even knows what they are? And so we saved the world from getting worse in 2008 and 2009 because we saved a bunch of jobs. We lowered interest rates for quantitative easing. And here's Jerome Powell back again, trying to say, well, we got, we couldn't possibly have seen it coming, even though I said I saw it coming. And then we, we kept it from being worse. When the central bank's whole job, we forget this, is to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen in the first place. There should be nothing to save us from. Today, the situation is much improved. A little more than half of the initial job losses have been regained. With the arrival of vaccines, the outlook is brightening. But the recovery is far from complete. So at the Fed, we will continue to provide the economy with the support that it needs for as long as it takes. I truly believe that we will emerge from this crisis stronger and better as we have done so often before. So here's the thing. I mean... A year ago when this all happened, we thought, okay, this is really bad. And then we got into the reopening stages in March and June, or May and June and July during the, the, the late part of the spring, and things really did start to look like they were going the right way. And so here we are a year after the, the initial break. Did anyone back in May and June of last year think we would be 12 million jobs short? Now, even Powell admits in his op-ed here that we're only halfway back. And halfway is, you know, arguable. We're halfway back from what was the worst employment crisis since the Great Depression. And that sounds good, except halfway back from last lowest point last year leaves us with still the worst employment condition since the Great Depression. It's even worse than that, Jeff, because implicitly in our mind, we are picturing the letter V as a recovery. So when we hear we're halfway back, then we think, okay, 
over yeah, just time. Keep going, right? We're on the right path. We're on the right path. We're halfway up, but we're up. We're not envisioning what actually took place, which you draw out for us in another article called One Year Later, Why No V posted March 20th at Alhambra Investments. And you draw out for us and you make the point. Yeah, most of that recovery, all of that recovery was initially. And then since then, it's been sideways. That's the real damning part. Yes, if we look at the trajectory, it was V-shaped in, in May and June last year and a little bit in July. But over the last last half of 2020 and so far the first couple of months of 2021, there's been little, very little gains, suspiciously little gains. And I don't think Jay Powell, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he wrote much about that in his, in his op-ed while he was trying to claim the Federal Reserve saved us from doing worse. And so, yeah, he's trying to trying to create this image of everything was was unicorns and rainbows before COVID. And then COVID came along, but the Fed came in at the last minute, saved us from becoming a black hole forever, forever uh, uh, destroyed. And now we're, we're on the road to recovery, a V-shaped recovery, and all we need to do is just sit back and let it happen. And that's not the case at all. No part of that was true. The economy had suffered since 2008 because we never got that part right either. And ever since, and what happened during March of 2020 was not supposed to have happened because the Federal Reserve had actually done its job. We shouldn't have had much of a market disruption to begin with. And that creates lasting and lingering impacts, as we've seen in, of all places, as Powell alludes to, bank lending. Bank lending, like, like always after these types of monetary events, ends up getting curtailed and cut back, which leaves the most vulnerable parts of society, the small business, the mom and pops, the single proprietors, people who are trying to make ends meet that way, they're the ones who don't share in the bailouts and the rescues and all of these positive things that, that Powell writes about. And so the economy rots from its lowest, most, un, most invisible parts that we don't, we don't see. We certainly don't see it in the mainstream media, which is all too ready to cheer on this quantitative easing, pouring trillions into the real economy, when in fact, all it really does is raise the level of bank reserves, while banks are only, only too happy to float an Apple bond at, at obscene prices. At the same time, they want nothing to do with small and medium businesses. So this is not success. This is another repeat of the Federal Reserve not doing and not really not understanding what it's supposed to be doing. I wonder if the Wall Street Journal had a counterpoint column next to the, uh, the chairman's column. I think that would have been very helpful and the appropriate position, job, duty of a newspaper to offer counterpoints such as these. But you know, I, but, but that's a good point, Emil. But I think in terms of mainstream opinion, you know. I think that's pretty much how most people think. I think the popular in popular imagination, the Federal Reserve did a really good job last year. Well, because they got the we didn't see award. Right. We didn't see Lehman Brothers again. We didn't see another bank failure. I you know, people don't I, I don't think have a really good idea of what's supposed to happen or what should happen. What is the standard for success here? And if we don't have a Lehman Brothers failure, we don't have banks being nationalized left and right, then obviously Jay Powell did a good job. When in fact, that's the wrong way to look at that. What's supposed to happen is we don't have these massive global worldwide market disruptions. Yes, COVID was a severe shock. But again, that's the whole point of a central bank. So that when we confront a severe shock, it doesn't cause these market meltdowns all over the place, all over the world. And it's the, it was the financial part of it, the liquidity part of it, that really has 
the most lasting impacts and will have the most lasting impacts over the, over the, uh, the near future and long run. Thank you, Jeff.